Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Innovation Friday, the podcast where we take a deep dive into the vital roles that hospital and health system pharmacy practitioners play in new and emerging sciences. My name is Bailey Larson, Strategic Initiatives Associate at ASHP, and I'll be your host today as we discuss new pharmacist-led initiatives around telehealth at an innovative practice site and what is new and noteworthy on this front from ASHP. Today, we will be chatting with Tom Bateman, Clinical Assistant Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Rutgers State University of New Jersey, Ernest Mario School of Pharmacy, about telehealth services on outcomes and the future of healthcare delivery, and what lies ahead for pharmacists and other providers as the future of telehealth, digital health, and virtual care continues to evolve. You'll also be hearing from Sophia Chai, Assistant Director of the ASHP Innovation Center. Thank you both for joining us today. Tom, we'll start with you. Welcome to the podcast. Could you please first start by sharing a little bit about you and your pharmacy practice journey? Yes, absolutely. So thanks so much, Bailey, for hosting and for Sophia for joining and for ASHP for just having me on this podcast. I'm really excited to be here. So I wanted to also start and just disclose that the insight that I'm providing today is based on my experience in working with one FQHC in an urban environment in New Jersey. I began my education and training at Philadelphia College of Pharmacy, where I achieved my PharmD. I then went on to complete a PGY-1 community practice residency at Duquesne University and Giant Eagle Pharmacy, and then completed a PGY-2 ambulatory care residency with Rutgers University, and the practice site was Henry J. Austin Health Center, which is a federally qualified health center in Trenton, New Jersey, where I still practice today. So when I started the PGY-2, I was brought on to help with a diabetes randomized control trial. And essentially myself and another pharmacist were the first clinical pharmacist introduced into this FQHC. So we came in and we started asking providers to refer patients with uncontrolled type 2 diabetes. With the conclusion of that project, we said, okay, we told you that we can help with diabetes. Now providers, we'd love for you to refer more patients and it can be for any chronic disease state and you tell us how we can be helpful to you. And we continue that model really still today. So my journey with telehealth began with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. And Henry J. Austin Health Center was an early adopter of telemedicine. So prior to the pandemic, Henry J. Austin offered no telepharmacy services and very limited telehealth services. But on March 16th, 2020, which was a Monday, Henry J. Austin made the decision to move most of its service lines to telehealth with full implementation planned for the following Monday. So this was a very quick, decisive, and abrupt change from on-site services to telehealth. And this included changing our pharmacy visits to telepharmacy. So throughout the pandemic, I continued to see patients for a variety of disease states. And I also included my advanced pharmacy practice experience students into these encounters as well. And since the height of the pandemic, we've had a gradual shift back towards on-site work, and we're still doing telehealth in a major way as well. What a great story of quick adaptation and innovative changes for patient care. Let's dive a little bit more into the topic of telehealth. We know that it's a promising modality to improve access facilitate patient monitoring and maintain the needed connection with patients to improve their care and health. Although telehealth was used before the pandemic at some sites, it grew exponentially during the public health emergency due to the need for patient access. Can you share your thoughts, Tom, about how telehealth has evolved more recently and its impact on outcomes? Yes, absolutely. So with the evolution of telehealth, again, like you mentioned, telehealth is not necessarily new, but it was certainly 
relatively new to Henry J. Austin Health Center, as I mentioned in the previous question. But I think with the growth of telehealth throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, it's really reduced the stigma around telehealth. And I think it's increased the ubiquity of it. So I think just more people are familiar with it, comfortable with it, reduced fear around it. So just one example is when we were doing some of our pharmacy consults in the beginning of having clinical pharmacists at Henry J. Austin, we only had two clinical pharmacists, but four practice sites. So we always had an idea where we could set a patient up for a telehealth visit where they could be seen at one site by a pharmacist who was stationed at another site. There's so many barriers with patients not being able to use the devices or staff being unfamiliar with how to check patients in or really what that looks like and just kind of never came to fruition. But I think people would be much more willing to have these on-site telehealth service visits because we all kind of accept this as part of daily life at this point. And I think that overall, having these telehealth and telepharmacy visits have had a positive impact. We are able to meet patients where they are, people who have busy schedules, people who have transportation barriers, even people who forgot an appointment, we can reach them in the moment. We're also able to check in with patients more frequently, and I think it reduces the delays in care. So I think the evolution has really been positive for telehealth. And in terms of telehealth's impact on outcomes, I'm working with GTMRX, or Get the Medications Right, the telehealth group, and we've put together an evidence doc. So again, telehealth is not necessarily new concept. We know that VA has been doing this for a long time, but we're able to put together an evidence document about disease state management. So we've seen positive outcomes through telehealth in endocrinology, cardiology, psychiatric conditions, but there still is lacking data for comprehensive medication management being delivered through telepharmacy and telehealth services. Bringing it back to Henry J. Austin in terms of some of the outcomes that we saw, we took a close look at our UDS measures. So UDS measures are uniform data system measures that federally qualified health centers need to report out on. And as we were conducting a lot of our telehealth visits throughout the pandemic, we actually saw a decline in certain UDS measures such as childhood vaccinations or even blood pressure, because those are services or information that we would gather strictly during on-site visits. And this is partly because we're not able to include patient reported data into like the vitals tab. So for example, even if we know a patient is reporting out their blood pressure is excellent because they have an at-home blood pressure cuff, I may not need to adjust the medications, but I can't enter that blood pressure value and get credit for the UDS result. So once we really started to look at this data, it was the impetus to start bringing certain or select visits on site and to increase services. So to ramp up childhood vaccines on site or bring select patients in for blood pressure checks. And that also helped Henry J. Austin to adjust our strategic goals. And once we had this unified approach, we could have multiple departments aiming to improve those strategic goals and ensuring that we're providing excellent care by using a blend of telehealth and on-site visits. And this also prompted the health center to update different documentation strategies and to utilize technology more effectively. And so again, since making a lot of these changes, our UDS measures have gone back up by using telehealth also blended with some on-site visits. Sounds like telehealth was a great way to utilize and stretch the pharmacists at your clinic sites, but still barriers as you mentioned, and I guess it all comes back to the data always. Research is clearly a priority area for you based on your work with GTMRX Telehealth Subgroup and your publications over the last few years. Your paper on adoption of telepharmacy within a community health center is really impressive. Can you share a little bit more about this research and the results? Absolutely. So the paper is titled Adoption of Telepharmacy Within a Community Health Center, 
a focus on clinical pharmacy services, and Caitlin McCarthy is the lead author on this paper. So during the pandemic, we really wanted to look back and study you know, what the impact of this transition to telehealth looked like. So we looked at a seven-month pre- and post-implementation period, and we marked the month of March 2020 as kind of like that pivotal point. So we looked at seven months prior to March 2020 and after we did comparisons there. And so the outcomes we looked at were productivity, demographics, and we also looked at satisfaction rates. So with productivity, we actually saw an increase in productivity in adult medicine departments, behavioral health department, clinical pharmacy, family medicine, and nutrition. So specifically for pharmacy, we saw the average number of visits with the pharmacist increase from 159.3 visits per month with the pharmacist up to 212 telepharmacy visits per month. And that's a relative increase of 33.3%. So by shifting to telehealth and telepharmacy, the pharmacist was able to see more visits each month. We also saw a shift in the demographics at Henry J. Austin Health Center. So we were changing our outreach to the community. So we saw an increase in patients selecting other as their race. We saw an increase in the proportion of patients selecting non-English language as their primary language. And we also saw an increase in patients who were 65 years or older. And we saw an increase in those with private insurance, Medicare, and no insurance. And then finally, we looked at satisfaction. So we surveyed the Henry J. Austin Health Center clinicians and behavioral health coaches, clinical pharmacists, and PCPs, or primary care providers, all reported high levels of satisfaction with using telehealth service at my health center. And then finally, we looked at the patient's perspective for telepharmacy visits. And all patients agreed that telepharmacy appointments were more convenient than in-person visits and that telepharmacy visits were of the same or higher quality than in-person appointments. When considering future pharmacy visits, 12.5% of patients would prefer video calls, 37.5% would prefer voice calls, and half would prefer a combination of video calls, voice calls, and in-person evaluations. No respondent reported preference for in-person only appointments. So our big takeaway here is that this blended approach is the most appropriate approach for our patient population. As we look back at the evidence that we found through the GTMRX group about improved outcomes in select disease states, I think this paper really adds productivity, demographic, and satisfaction data to what is already out there that we've reported in the GTMRX paper. Yeah, this is really great work by you and your team, especially as you mentioned, when there's not much data, unfortunately, in this area. What are some of the challenges and opportunities at your clinical site being in FQHC? So there are many challenges. Our patients are really up against tons and tons of challenges, but our patients are also some of the most resourceful people. Some of the clinical issues that I think we've seen are limited health literacy, limited digital literacy, and additional social determinants of health that you know prevent or can really impede care. These barriers were there prior to the pandemic and prior to starting telehealth, but they still exist and make telehealth a little bit more challenging. With telehealth, we can sometimes miss the warm handoff between team members. So for example, if a patient is seeing a primary care provider and they want to you know, have an on-site visit, they could walk that patient to the behavioral health counselor to have a sensitive conversation about mental health. That's a little bit more challenging in the telehealth space. By using different platforms like Doxy, we can have different clinicians enter and exit kind of virtual waiting rooms. So there is that ability to do handoffs, but it's a little bit different than on-site. 
Sometimes with telehealth, we kind of worry or question, like sometimes is the patient fully engaged in the encounter? Are they at work right now? Are they doing something else? Are they multitasking? That happens. Of course, reception and connectivity can be an issue. And sometimes we miss certain objective points like vitals or physical examination can be harder to gather through a telehealth appointment. We also have challenges with reimbursement. So we are concerned about different payers or insurance carriers in the future, maybe making a distinction between whether an appointment is telephonic versus video-based and whether one will be paid for and the other one won't. There's also issues with location. So we're in a part of New Jersey that's extremely close to Pennsylvania. So if the patient is in PA at their friend's or family member's house at the time of the appointment, is that an appointment that we can get reimbursed for? Or the location of the provider is also important. Can the provider be on site or can they be remote? And will that impact how the visit is reimbursed? So that being said, there are multiple challenges in the FQHC for doing telepharmacy and telehealth, but the benefit of being able to meet the patient where they are, I think is just such a great benefit. So these are challenges that we really need to work through. And there are opportunities. So one opportunity is grant funding. So we're actually about to kick off a remote blood pressure monitoring project. This is going to be pharmacist-led. So we actually received a big grant from HRSA to hand out blood pressure cuffs to our patients. And the blood pressure cuffs are required to transmit blood pressure data into our electronic health record. And so what we're going to do is a research project where we enroll patients who have hypertension and either chronic kidney disease, resistant hypertension, or heart failure, and then have the pharmacist provide blood pressure monitoring for these more complex patients. That's all possible through grant funding, and we're going to use telepharmacy visits for this. We also think that having a blended approach with some visits being telemed and others being on site is a big opportunity. Having a designated space on site at the health center for patients to come into and conduct telehealth or telepharmacy visits, this is a big opportunity for those patients who either don't have internet access, don't have a device, aren't comfortable with using a device. We can at least provide that space for somebody to come in, use our hardware to get that telehealth appointment. And also, Scheduling and coordinating multiple on-site services in one day is a big opportunity. So again, if we're working with somebody through a telehealth or telepharmacy appointment, we realize we need to bring somebody in to get lab work done. Can we make that coincide with the day that they're picking up their medications or coincide with the day that they need to come in and sign a form for some sort of release of information? So conducting as much as possible through a telehealth appointment, but then making that on-site appointment as positive and, and kind of jam-packed as possible. I think that there's also opportunities to increase tech access for patients, and there's definitely an opportunity to increase utilization of the patient portal. Thank you. You have a really great model for other practice sites to learn from your best practices. And when you were speaking about some of those challenges and opportunities I'm thinking of ways ASHP can help there too. I wanted to mention for those listening, the two publications that you spoke to will be added to the show notes so people can download those while they're listening. Let's go a little broader now to talk about digital health and I'll ask Sophia to share more about what ASHP is doing around this topic. Thanks, Bailey. Tom, I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying listening to you and hearing about your journey and the great work you're doing in this important area. So this has been a focus area and priority for ASHP and the Innovation Center. And there have been a number of related efforts that I'm happy to be sharing on this podcast. Most recently, ASHP launched a new membership section, the section of digital and telehealth practitioners. 
to address these rapidly evolving advances in virtual healthcare delivery, pharmacy practice, and digital health technology. The section welcomes pharmacists, student pharmacists, residents, technicians, and others currently practicing or who aspire to practice in telehealth and digital or virtual care settings. So we encourage members to join the section, get involved, and stay tuned for more developments. Another upcoming effort is our ACHP Commission on Goals meeting, which will be held in March at ACHP headquarters. It's a facilitated meeting by an ACHP president among around 15 to 20 interdisciplinary experts from a wide array of areas from inside and outside of healthcare. And the topic this year is optimizing medication therapy through advanced analytics and data-driven healthcare. The overarching purpose of the commission is to review trends in healthcare delivery and advise ACHP on broad strategic and health policy issues related to patient care, the safe and effective use of medicines, and pharmacy practice. Our roster includes key leaders from Epic, Cerner, Amazon, Microsoft, SureScripts, HIMSS, or Healthcare Information and Management Systems Society, NCPDP, the National Council for Prescription Drug Programs, Chief Information and Digital Transformation Officers from various health systems, as well as physician and nursing leaders. So we're looking forward to that discussion and a report will be published for members to read. And this is also going to be uh, the central theme for ASHP's strategic planning retreat, which is going to have a heavy focus on creating the digital pharmacy and healthcare of the future. Sophia, on that note, I know the ASHP strategic plan was updated recently in 2021. How does the Innovation Center, the new ASHP membership section, and continued support of research through grants impact the future of pharmacy workforce? Yeah, thanks, Billy. Part of ASHP's DNA is to transform the medication use system and advance health and healthcare for the betterment of patients. And we've been putting a lot of emphasis, particularly on innovation and transformation related to data science, including in the area of AI, machine learning, digital health, telehealth, personalized medicine, thinking both now and in the future and see the new section, the Commission on Goals meeting, our research with the foundation and our innovation partnerships and collaborations as just additional launch points for our next level of efforts and strategic plan in this area. And actually one of the new goals within the plan is to advance patient care through pharmacy practice innovation. Some of the key objectives under this goal are to accelerate the development and adoption of innovations in clinical pharmacy practice, anticipate and prepare for new and emerging alternate sites of care, ensure pharmacist leadership are part of the design and implementation of virtual health technology, advance pharmacist role in pharmacogenomics, promote proper infrastructure, payment and policy changes, while also advocating for necessary enablers and safety measures to advance the use of telehealth and healthcare technologies, and finally to promote and develop educational resources in this area. Thinking into the future, what external factors do you think will shake up our industry within the next five years? Sophia, we'll start with you and then we can get Tom's perspective. Yeah, this is a great question, Bailey. I'll point to the ACHP Foundation 2023 pharmacy forecast that was just published. The forecast is a long tradition of providing insightful perspectives on internal and external factors that influence patient care, the health of populations in our profession. It examines developments in key areas that may be opportunities or challenges for practice leaders in the next five years. It reports the results of a survey of trend watchers in pharmacy, analyzes potential developments, and then presents actionable strategic recommendations. And so the 2023 report focused on seven key areas. They include the expanded use of artificial intelligence, the COVID-19 pandemic's impact on all levels of the pharmacy workforce and the supply chain, impacting access disparities and equity, 
medication management for patients with substance use disorders, combating stress in the health system pharmacy workforce, addressing COVID-19 vaccine misinformation, and cybersecurity and pharmacy security. The report is published in AJHP. It's available online. It's a great Sunday morning read while you're pontificating about the future of healthcare and pharmacy with a cup of coffee. Thanks, Sophia. So I think some additional positive external factors that will shake up the industry in the next five years. I think there will be a broader use of technology and remote patient monitoring. So I'm thinking about continuous glucose machines or monitors, more blood pressure cuffs that are integrating data directly into the EHR. And I think that there will be an increase in software and different programs that integrate into EHRs to make data more accessible to providers in real time. I think that there will be a broader use of patient portals in the underserved and elderly populations, also for patients who select non-English as their primary language and other populations with limited digital health literacy. I do hope that the patient portal will be more accessible and just used to a further degree for these patient populations. And I think that there will be more research and publications in the telehealth space to really support telehealth in the future. Some of the negative external factors that I am concerned about for telehealth would be an increase in restrictions by insurers or payers about which types of visits or patients are eligible for telehealth appointments. So again, is this going to be based on disease state, visit type, where the provider's located, where the patient's located? I'm not quite sure what the restriction will look like, but I you know, wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of payer restriction on who can receive these services and how. Yeah, well, thank you both. Those were inspiring and exciting answers. And ASHP will be closely monitoring this and the healthcare landscape and we'll keep our members up to date. And we have new partnerships coming through the Innovation Center as well. So wrapping up, what is just one thing that you hope our members will take away from this conversation? Tom, we'll start with you and then Sophia can close us out. I think the number one takeaway would be that telehealth and telepharmacy services have a place in healthcare. I think the literature demonstrates that there's improved clinical outcomes in telehealth. Our recent paper demonstrates that there's increased clinical pharmacist productivity. There's an increased reach to new demographics of patients by using and in starting telehealth services, and that there's an increased patient and provider satisfaction with using telehealth services. I think that there's a need for more research in the comprehensive medication management space through telehealth, but I do believe that this will facilitate growth in the telehealth and telepharmacy services. That's a great takeaway, Tom. As I've been reflecting on this conversation, I think one thing to take away is that the world is changing and for the better, and pharmacists have some unique opportunities to lead in this new telehealth, digital health, data-rich virtual environment to optimize medication use and patient care in ways we've not been able to in the past. Well, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank Tom Bateman and Sophia Chai for joining us to discuss the impact of telehealth on outcomes and the evolving digital future of pharmacy practice. Before we leave, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's Innovation Center at ashp.org slash innovation. The Innovation Center was created to further elevate the vital roles that pharmacy practitioners at ASHP play in new and emerging science and position pharmacy practitioners to influence the development of systems that advance the safety and quality of patient care. Thanks for listening in to today's Innovation Friday episode, and be sure to follow ASHP official podcast for more innovative topics. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. 
If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.